Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. So let's recite our mission statement. It is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. We're, we're called to model this thing and live this thing out, right? Okay. And uh, so it, it all begins with this relationship, this intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. Are you growing in your relationship with him? Yes. Are you? Good. Some of you are? <laughs> we should all be. And, and uh, as, as Jason was sharing during the announcements, I, I really hope that you'll join us on Wednesday because uh, uh, right now we want to release the, the student ministry. <laughs> I see the little hand signals, you know, like a baseball coach, you know, doing the little signals. Thank you, guys. Thanks for the reminder. I need that. But I hope you'll join us as they exit. I hope you will join us on Wednesday evenings. It's really, really a class designed to help us grow in these basic foundational truths. So, I, I, again, I want to encourage you because our vision is to become disciples who will impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. So this is all part of this this thing we've been talking about, we talked about at the end of last year and, and the beginning of this year, a reset at Life Fellowship. And this is part of the reset that we're coming in to this deeper understanding of God's Word and these basic principles and that we're, we're really growing. I, I believe that we're at a, a plateau and God wants to take us to another level, but it's going to require something of us. It's going to require more of us. And I think that these classes on Wednesday, are, they're definitely uh, part of that reset to help us go to that next level, and as we continue to, to come on Sunday morning and uh, on Thursday morning when you can. And the other thing is I want to encourage us to invite our friends and neighbors. You know, invite people here because they need the Word of God. They need this intimate, personal relationship with Jesus as well. And so uh, sometimes it's just a matter of saying, hey, will you join me? Will you, you know, I'll come pick you up. We can go have breakfast or lunch after or whatever. But th the world needs to know this love of Christ and this personal intimate relationship uh, is available to them as well because they don't have to any longer be slaves to fear and sin and all these other things that we were once trapped in. So anyway, uh, last week I, I began this new series called Foundations. And the Greek word for foundations is to be grounded, established, made firm, and unwavering. And so last week I talked about repentance from sin or dead works or evil deeds, depending on the translation that you read. And today I want to talk about faith in God. Um, Sunday mornings are an overview as we're going through these six foundational teachings. And so it's just kind of skipping the surface as we will begin to drill down into those on Wednesday nights. Right now, we haven't even gotten to the first principle where uh, uh, repentance from dead works or evil uh, deeds. Uh, we're in the vision part, which is helping us to understand, making sure we really understand what God's vision is for us, His purpose, His plan, not only for our lives individually, but corporately as what we are called, what, the body of Christ. And so God has a purpose and plan for all of us corporately, 
as well as individually. So uh, on Sunday mornings, I'm just skim, you know skimming the surface here of what we're going to be drilling down to over the, the next few months on Wednesday nights. And uh, we, we need to get this deeper understanding. We really do need to get this so that we get it and also that we can share this and help others who need it as well. So let's start in Hebrews 6.1. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Verse 1 continues, Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. And so, uh, as I mentioned last week, I talked about repentance from dead works. If you missed that series, you can go back. I mean, we make it really easy. Lifefellowship.me. And the sermons are, the archives are there. You can go back. You can podcast. We have a YouTube channel. We have, they're being posted on Facebook now. Thank you, John Flowers. And, uh, you know, so there's, there's a multi, multitude of options there for you to go back and, and catch these sermons if you miss them. So you have no excuses. Tell, tell your neighbor, you have no excuses. Okay. All right, my first point is uh, faith is required for this relationship with God. Okay, and we're, we're going to talk more about that. Okay, let's, let's begin in uh, Hebrews 11.6. And it is impossible, say impossible. impossible. It is impossible to please God without faith. You want to please God? Amen. Faith's required. It's not optional. It's required. So, without faith, we are unable to feel, fulfill his purpose and his plan for our lives. It just won't happen. Uh, Hebrews 11.6 continues, and it is impossible, well, let me read the whole thing. And it, is an impossible, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. Okay, so, does it require you, some faith to, to believe that God exists? It does. You know, someone may say, well, does uh, someone who doesn't know me may say, does Mark Johnson really exist? And you could say, yes, I, he does exist because I know him. And, well, what about God? Does God really exist? I, I can't touch him. I can't see him. But I'm going to take a step of faith and begin to believe that God exists. And once we're once we come into this relationship, then we're assured that he does exist, right? Because it takes a step of faith. Whenever you came to the Lord, it took a step of faith to believe that he actually exists. So you must believe that he exists. Oh, and let me say this, although there are some that did not have a relationship with Jesus that, that met Jesus. Think about Paul. Paul didn't have a relationship with Jesus, but... God, Jesus met him on the road, and then he began to have uh, this experience and this relationship with Jesus. And I, I know that there have been stories of people that uh, say Muslims that have had an encounter with Jesus. And uh, I, I, we know of a, a person personally that had encountered Jesus a, a couple of times. He didn't believe in Jesus. He didn't have a relationship but Jesus revealed himself to this man. And so there are times when Jesus will reveal himself to people that don't know him or don't believe him. 
believe in him. But for most of us, it's a step of faith that we say, you know what, I can't see him, I can't touch him, but I'm going to step out in faith. It's important that we believe in Jesus to have a relationship with him, right? That's kind of a duh, a duh there, okay? Uh, let's read on in, in verse 6. Or let me continue here. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And I think sometimes we skip over this part, but we must believe that he's a rewarder of those that seek him. The Greek word for this phrase, he rewards, is one who pays wages, one who, who gives you something, a rewarder. So first, we must believe that God exists to come into this relationship with him. And then secondly, I think we must believe that God rewards those who sincerely or diligently seek him. And sometimes I think we, we forget about that part, that he, he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So what are the rewards? What are some of the rewards? Well, do you, do you believe in his promises? That we're no longer slaves to fear, but we're free in Him? Okay, is that a reward? I I would say so. What about forgiveness for all of our sins? (laughs) What about eternal life with Him? Is that a reward? What about uh, the, the ability of the Holy Spirit speaking into our lives to guide us and lead us throughout our challenges and through through life? What about our provision? And you can probably think of other things that are rewards that God has given to us you know, we, we may think, when, a lot of times when we, we talk about rewards from God, we're thinking money and things like that, material things. But what about the peace of God that passes all understanding, that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus? Jason and, and Heather and their family are going through a season where they lost their mom. But God can give us that peace. How can you put a, a dollar value on that? But it's the peace of God that passes all understanding. And I love that scripture in Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in all things, with prayer and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends or surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Do you see? We, we come to Him with thanks. We come to Him with expectation. We come to him with praise and worship, and he will pour out his peace that goes beyond natural logic or understanding. That's a reward. That's something that we have access to 24-7 because of his greatness. He is greater than our circumstances. Hebrews eleven six. we must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. The rewards should not be the focus. The rewards are an outgrowth or they are the results of believing and receiving and seeking him. I don't remember the fullness of the story, but do you guys know who Natalie Grant is? You've heard her on KSBJ. Uh, just a wonderful vocalist and worshiper. And we were at a concert fairly recently, and she sur- shared a story. Again, I don't remember all the details, but I think in, in general, she had something going on with her throat. And uh, the report from the doctor was that she, she might not be able to sing again. And for a professional vocalist, that could be a problem. <laughs> 
And so this song, have you heard the song more than anything? Have you heard the song? I think that song was written out of her heart cry to God, understanding that he was greater than. And some of the lyrics are, help me want the healer more than the healing. Help me want the Savior more than the saving. Help me want the giver more than the giving. Oh, help me want you, Jesus, more than anything. More than the rewards. Help me to want you. And I think there are some Christians that, that want the rewards but don't care to have the relationship. And that's backwards. We should want the relationship and understand that the rewards come as a result of this relationship. It's not, what can I get? And that's why I think this prosperity message that we've heard is so damaging because it's, it's rooted in selfishness. What can I get? I'm giving to get. And that's not God's heart. His heart is not that we give to get. It's, it's that we give to honor Him and out of this relationship. And then He reciprocates like a, a great father would do. He says, hey, I see your heart. You give, I'm going to give back. And you've heard the phrase, you can't outgive God. And it, please hear me, it's not about money. <laughs> it could be about that, but it's about what about peace? What about life? What about strength? What about healing? What about wholeness? You know, what about our marriage? What about our family? What about our children? What about this relationship with Him? Is greater than money and materialism. Imagine that, that a little girl with the giraffe eyelashes comes. Have you ever, okay, you get the picture? Oh, hi, Daddy. I sure would like this bike. I love you, Daddy. Well, you, I'm not going to buy you the bike. Well, I don't love you anymore then. And, and sometimes I think that's how we are with God. As long as we're getting what we want, oh, Daddy, we love you. We don't get what we want. I don't love you anymore, Daddy. And the Lord doesn't always give us everything we think we want. <laughs> Was there somebody in high school or college you were like, God, oh, I want to marry them. And then you go to your five-year reunion or ten-year, and you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus, that I didn't marry them. <laughs> Sometimes God doesn't give us what we think we want out of his goodness for us. Thank you, Lord. And uh, the, last week I, I mentioned this, but I want to talk a little bit about this. I want to kind of go back here. Cor there's a correlation between repentance from evil deeds, dead works, and faith. There's somewhat of a correlation here. Let's go to Acts chapter 20, 21. And Luke is saying here, I have had one message for Jesus. For, um, I'm sorry. I've had one message for Jews and Gentiles alike. The necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and having faith in our Lord Jesus. So he's talking about repenting from sins. And you know, if, if you've been here very long, you've heard me lead people in a prayer of salvation. Lord God, I just ask you to forgive me of my sins. Right? So we're repenting of our sins. And then he's saying, turn to God. And then he's saying, have faith in Jesus. 
Let's look at Ephesians 2.8. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. So what do we save from? From sin, from evil deeds, from dead works, and from death. We're saved from those kinds of things. I want to look at it in the New American Standard Bible. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Okay, the NLT says by believing. In the New American Standard Bible, it, it says by faith. The same thing, right? And that is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So how are we saved? By God's grace, through well, wait a minute. You mean I don't have to perform? I don't have to jump through all these hoops? I don't have to live a perfect life? No, through faith. So faith is critical to this relationship and, and the, the beginning of this new life. It's, it's, uh, our new life in Christ takes us stepping out in faith. And then as we begin to step out in faith, God begins to do something to affirm this relationship and build this faith in us. The Greek word for faith is pistis. It means firm persuasion, strong belief, conviction of the truth of anything, and then reliance on this truth. So that's what faith is. And uh, let's look at the biblical definition of faith found in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. I want to read it in the NIV, the New International Version. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is the assurance about the things we cannot see. It doesn't take faith for something that, that you already see or that you already have, right? But it takes faith for what you're praying for or what you're believing God for or what you need God to do in your heart and life. And... You know, I guess everyone has a measure of faith. You don't have to be saved to have a faith. Because when you came in, uh, I, don't, I didn't see anybody, like, check the chair and make sure it was going to hold them, right? You came in, you sat down, you had faith that that chair was going to support your weight and hold you up. And so we, we, we see that demonstrated in our life. If you go to a, a, a light switch in your home... You flip on the light switch, you expect the light to come on, right? There's a light, there's a switch, you expect there to be a connection. When you go start your car, hopefully you put the key in and, and you're hoping that it's going to start, right? You're expecting that it's going to start. And really, this is established as, as an infant because think about an infant, they begin to cry with faith or expectation that if they cry long enough, somebody's going to come and do something. Somebody's going to change them. Somebody's going to feed them. Somebody's going to give them what they want. You know, my wife does that for me when I'm crying sometimes. She'll come. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but I did. So uh, anyway. But, but we, those things are established in us even as children. And so that's kind of where this whole selfishness begins. Eh, I begin to cry. and Now I'm going to get what I want. But are we growing and maturing as Christians? Are we still crying about things? Are we growing up and saying, hey, look, I, I need to trust God. I need to take responsibility for my life and what's going on here. And so faith is usually built through our life experiences. 
It's, it's not based on us, but it, it happens through our life experiences. And I've shared with you guys numerous stories about how God has done some things for us. When he told us that he was going to bring someone to buy our house, we didn't have a sign in the yard, and a realtor called, and, and uh, how we've been given two vehicles where we prayed, and, and we said, God, uh, you know, we, we need a new ve- vehicle. And the first time was really, I think, an expression, or uh, just a demonstration, rather, of gift of faith, because I knew it was going to happen. I just knew it was going to happen. And so there have been many stories that I've shared, not just about materialistic things, but how, how God has done something where he's planted a seed in us, and we, it's something that we can't see. We can't see it come to fruition yet, but we have faith because that we know that we have a word from God. And all of us, every one of us here has, has multiple words from God. Just read in his word what he says about you. Do you believe it? Do you, can you get it down in here? Can you get it down in yourself and, and begin to step out in faith and, and come into alignment with God's word and what he says about you? That you're no longer a slave to fear? That you're saved by grace through faith when you believe, not of your works? So my first point this morning is faith is required for this relationship with God. It is required. My second point is, do you have more faith in your chair than you do in God? You, did, you weren't checking the chair when you sat down today. But what kind of faith do you have in God? Does your relationship with the Lord allow you to sit and wait and rest and trust in Him? Faith and trust in God are built through seeing him do something that you are unable to see or do. That's how I've seen it built in my life. And you can go back and you can look at the examples in Hebrews 11. You can go back and look at the heroes of the faith. They didn't just walk through life where God was opening up every door. They had to step out in faith. Go to the land I will show you. I will allow you to cross through the the waters. I will lead you to the promised land. I'm going to give you Jericho. March around the city. It required them to step out and do something, and it begins with believing God. It It begins with having faith. So what about trusting Him when you don't get what you want? What about trusting Him when you do get what you want? Okay, I've got it now, God. I'm good. We're good. Okay, God, now I need something else. Okay, I'm, I'm good now. I've got it. What about trusting God when the timing is not what you want? Are you willing to wait? Are you willing to trust is your trust in, in the corporation or in the job security or in that check that comes every week? Where, where's your trust? The Bible is an important part of building our faith. It records powerful exploits of how God has moved in people's lives so that we can look to them as, a, as examples. And, um, well, let's look at Romans ten seventeen. So faith comes from hearing That is hearing the good news about Christ. I want to read it in the New American Standard Bible. So faith comes from hearing 
and hearing by the word of God. So as we get the word of God, then that begins to build our faith. It's so the word of God is important, knowing what the word says, knowing that we, have, that we can have faith that he's going to do what he says he's going to do, and whatever we need from him or however that applies to our life, um, there are some additional faith builders' testimonies, real-life stories of the Lord moving in our day-to-day -day activities. And a few weeks ago, Cliff shared his life story. And then the next week, John and Diane and Yaman shared their life stories. You have a life story. And so those can be faith builders when we say, hey, wait a minute. God's word says that he is not a respecter of persons. What he did for them, he can do for me. And so those things can build our faith. What about our own personal testimonies, our experiences, our answered prayers? I've shared with you numerous stories of my life, but you have some stories too. Are you seeing that as the hand of God, or is that just blind luck or just happenstance? Many times people will write that off, but, you, you know, you could be looking in a situation and you can say, man, that, I see the hand of God. I see the fingerprint of God all over that. But some people just don't believe in God. Applying God's word and plans to our life builds our faith as we begin to step out in faith. If we don't believe that God's going to do those things, then are we going to be able to receive when he does? Or is he going to do them? I don't know. Because if we don't believe, so faith is, is critical to this relationship and this life with Christ. Romans 12, 2, you know this one. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God, let God, allow God, give permission to God, be open to God, receive from God, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So what are you thinking? You may be thinking, there's no way this can happen. But God, but God, who is more than faithful, who's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or even think, can do those things. He can provide a job where there's no job. He can provide a way where there's no way. He can... Fill in the blank. He can. He can. He is the God of the possible when it looks like it's impossible. But it's not going to happen if you don't have faith. We, we have to have faith. So yielding and trusting the Lord creates a shift in the way that we think. How are we thinking? Are we going through life thinking, oh man, there's just no way... This can never happen. There's no way this relationship can be restored. There's no way my child can be saved. Or are we thinking there is a way because God is more than able. So what do our prayers look like? What are we thinking? Are we being transformed saying, God, I know you can do this. I'm not feeling it right now. I'm not seeing it. And maybe I'm having a hard time believing it, but I need to just step out in faith and trust you. Yielding to God is, is, uh, is the, one of the beginning steps in this, this life of faith. Yielding to him and saying, not my will, but your will be done. Going from self-dependency to Christ-dependency. 
Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Repentance from dead works and faith work together for our good. All things work together for good to those who, what? Love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So if we love God and we're called according to his purpose, then he's going to work everything out for our good because he is up to something good. I love that song. Do you like that song? So my first point is faith is required for this relationship with God. My second point was really a question. Do you have more faith in your chair than you do in God? My third point this morning is exercising our faith builds our faith. We can talk about it all day long. We can talk about faith. However, are you willing to step out? As the Lord directs, will you follow? It's going to take, take some faith. Well, I don't hear the Lord speaking to me. Well, are you listening? Sometimes I think the Lord is speaking more... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I think the Lord is speaking to us. I think sometimes we're just not hearing. <laughs> sometimes I don't talk too good. <laughs> so, okay, so I, I, I get these thoughts in my mind, and I'm like trying to tie all these things together. Okay, so here's my point. Sometimes I think the Lord is speaking, and we're just not listening. So are you doing what he asked you to do? If you're not hearing the Lord, go back to the last thing he asked you to do and, and ask yourself, am I doing this? Why is God going to give me more if I'm not doing what he's already asked me to do? Our declarations can help our faith. As we, as we sing and worship on Sunday mornings, we're making declarations. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. So those things can solidify his word, his principles, his truths in our life as we come to this, as we're declaring these things. If you're having a bad day, you know, you can begin to, to speak scripture and declare scripture. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength to restrain me from choking my boss right now. Whatever that looks like. So we can begin to declare the word of God. We, we can begin to sing these songs of declaration and truth to build these things in us. De declaring his word over our lives. De declaring his word over situations. Declaring his, his word over people. And let me, let me say this. This is not praying out of my selfish desire or from a name it and claim it. Well, I'm just claiming a Rolex watch and a Mercedes Benz. You know, if God has placed that on your heart or if God provides that, that's, that's great. But there, there was this whole thing a while back where, uh, well, I, you know, you just you want a Rolex box, you just need to pray it and claim it in Jesus' name. I don't know. I mean, is that in accordance with his purpose, his plan, his will? I mean, we, we get caught up praying for things that are, are just materialistic maybe. When, when what he's desiring <clears throat> is our heart. Yeah. And, and we need to, to look beyond sometimes our own selfish needs and say, God, what is it you want? What is it you want for my life? And so we're praying his word over our lives, over our situations. And there's power 
when we agree with the Lord. There's really a lot of power when we agree with his word. When we walk in faith according to his word. When we walk in faith according to what he is speaking to us. The, one of the first words I ever got was that I was called to preach. And it was like 10 years. And that was part of the prophecy. And so there were times I wrote that down and I would go back and look at that. And, and I, I believed in faith. And I said, God, I can't see it. I, I don't know how this is going to happen. Are you sure? Was that word for me? <laughs> you sure that wasn't for somebody else? But see, we hold on to those things. And that's why journaling is so important. If you get a word from God, you need to write that down. Because it may be 10 years before that word comes to fruition. And you can go back and you can read that word of encouragement. But there's power when we agree with the Lord. And so part of our Sunday morning experience is that we're praising and worshiping and singing and proclaiming his word over ourselves, over our situations. You say, your word says that I'm blessed. I'm going to speak that over my life. I'm going to say, I'm blessed. Yes, I am blessed. You say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Your word says that. And so I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of, of my mind. I'm going to come into alignment with your word and what your word says about me, God. I, I may not feel like I can do all things, but I'm going to latch on to your word, and I'm going to step out in faith, and I'm going to proclaim that, and I'm going to tell myself that until I believe it. Do you understand the difference between naming and claiming it and pro proclaiming God's word over your life? There's a great difference. Because we're not proclaiming the things that are rooted in, and based in selfishness. But we're proclaiming the things that God has spoken over us. God said, let there be light. Bam! There's light. He spoke those things into existence. Before the sun and the moon and the stars were ever created, he created light. He spoke those things. And so he's given us his word. He's speaking his word. His logos, he's speaking his word into our lives as we take the word of God and we ingest it and we believe it and we receive it and we proclaim those things. Your word says that I can have peace in the midst of the storm, God, that you will give me the peace that passes all reasoning and logic and possibility in my life. But your word says that you can give me that kind of peace. Your word says that you are greater so much greater greater than the mountains in front of me you are so much greater are these mere words that we speak or is it really 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 something that we believe faith is like a muscle that grows as we exercise that faith as we begin to step out in faith, as we begin to trust God for this, and we're like, oh, wow, look what God did. Well, I'm, I'm going to take a bigger step. Oh, wow, wow, he is faithful. <laughs> it's a novel concept. His word says that he's faithful, but now, but now I'm seeing it. Now I'm experiencing it. Now I'm living it. And so I, I can begin to trust God for more. And more, because it's been demonstrated in, in my life. That's what I found in my life. When we believe, we act accordingly. If I gave you a check for $1,000 and you believed it was good, 
Would you stick it in the drawer or would you take it to the bank? I'd take it to the bank regardless. <laughs> but listen, our, our, our attitude, our faith is going to cause us to respond or act accordingly. I, you know, I say I believe, but sometimes I act or respond as if I really don't. Let that not be our heart and our attitude. But let us be strong. Be bold and courageous. God told Joshua, be bold, be strong. Go get them. Get out there. Get with it. You know, so are we bold and strong in our faith? Because we're not, we're not basing our strength and our abilities on ourselves, but we're basing that on the great I am who is more than able Will you trust his timing? Will you trust his outcome? Will you trust the way he brings the answer? <laughs> because he doesn't always bring it in the manner in which you think he should. And I think sometimes we can miss out on the blessings of God if we're looking for something that God is doing something a little bit different or he brings this blessing in a different way than what we're thinking it should be brought in. Mark eleven twenty two through 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. You notice there's a period there. <laughs> Let's stop here for a moment, uh, a moment. Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt, no doubting in your heart. These disciples, they healed the sick. They raised the dead. They cast out demons. I think these could be viewed as mountains that were before them. Um, Jesus wants us to be thinking on a spiritual level. And he, he could physically remove mountains. I believe he's more interested, though, in the spiritual mountains that are in front of us. And who's he speaking to here? He's speaking to the disciples. What's important to the Lord? Well, you know, I, I want to build my house right there, but there's a mountain there. Is it things like our houses or is it people? I need this mountain in my life removed. We need to pray in accordance with his will. And so those mountains can be cast into the sea. Whatever those mountains in your life are. But it's going to take some faith. Are you believing God can do it? Well, you know, I'm going to pray that, but I don't really believe he can do it. Our actions are going to be reflective of our heart and what we believe. Mark 11:24. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. It's not a matter of words. It's a matter of our heart. <laughs> Sometimes God will provide the faith he desires us to demonstrate. And I, I saw that with the first vehicle we were given. I knew it was going to happen. I just knew it was going to happen. And it's not something that I really mustered up within me. It was like God just gave me the faith. And the Bible talks about gift of faith. I think that's a perfect example where God gave me the faith to believe. So even sometimes when we don't have faith to believe, we can say, God, help me in my unbelief. Help me to have faith. When I'm, when I'm wavering in my faith, 
when my foundation is a little shaky. Help me in that. And we can, we can experience the supernatural peace that God gives. When, when my dad died, uh, I spoke at his funeral. And I told him I would if I could. <laughs> so you'll be with Jesus and just ask him to help me. And I was able to speak. And it's that supernatural peace. It's that strength that comes from the Lord to help us to do those kinds of things. Hebrews 6.1. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. That's basic, foundational. Do you have faith in God? So my three points this morning are, faith is required for this relationship with God. Do you have more faith in your chair than you do in God? Exercising our faith builds our faith. We're called to be people of faith because it's impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to live this full victorious life that Christ has called us to live by staying in our own little silo and never stepping out in faith. And I'm not talking about being crazy and stupid. I'm talking about following after the heart of God and listening to His voice. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.